Welcome to Jamie's Corner Podcast. This is a show where we talk about veganism, spirituality, animal rights, friends, family, struggles. I don't know. I kind of use this as my own therapy session, you know, just talking things through, really. So let's have some fun. I interview a lot of different activists, yogis, nutritionists. We got some doctors on here, veterinarians. You name it, just a lot of really great people. So thanks for joining me. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. It doesn't matter how long you're here, it matters the quality of your life. And no matter how much pain you're in right now, whether it's emotional, physical, spiritual, you can turn that around and you can turn it around by the moment by moment decisions you make. And it's really about loving yourself first before you can love the animals, before you can love other people. If you love yourself enough not to put any animal products in your body, your life will change in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. Hey guys, so today I have Kathleen Gage on the podcast. She's a keynote speaker, she's an author, marketing strategist, and she is the founder of Vegan Visibility. She's dedicated to helping companies grow and also spread compassionate messages about healthy living, compassion for animals, kindness to the planet, and she is also the author of over a dozen books and two popular podcast shows, Vegan Visibility and Plant-Based Eating for Health. She is so freaking awesome and I'm honored to have her on the show. In this episode, we talk all about healthy eating, taking your passions to the next level, getting eyeballs on your work, how to grow your brand, tips for marketing. And we also talk about struggles with addiction and taking really difficult situations and turning them into something positive. So without further ado, go follow Kathleen at Kathleen Gage. You can go to her website, veganvisibility.com. And I'm at JLo Kurtz. You're listening to It's Jamie's Corner podcast. Please like, subscribe, and please rate this podcast. I would really appreciate it. So let's get into the episode. Kathleen, thank you so much for coming on Jamie's Corner podcast. Well, I am excited to be on Jamie's Corner. I want to be in your corner of the world. Do you? It's very chaotic. Well, you know, so is mine. So there you go. There you go. You are a busy woman and we're going to get into it. I want to know how to get more vegan visibility because that's what you're all about. I want to talk about morning routines, healthy lifestyle. We're really going to get into it all. So for those people that don't know you, who are you? Oh my gosh, it depends who you ask. You know, if you ask um, my close friends, they're gonna give you one perception. If you ask people out in cyberspace, they'll probably give you a different perception. If you ask people from 30 years ago, they're gonna tell you something completely different. And basically, I'm just a woman who's out doing my life and I happen to be vegan. I happen to be a business owner for 28 years and uh, love life. You know, I I really do. I, I think about that a lot. And I work on my attitude because if I buy into what other people are doing, I get sucked in, I get real negative. And so I just stay away from that kind of stuff. Oh my God. It's amazing. You really are a motivational speaker at your core. I mean, I watch your videos. I'm like, you make me want to be a way better person. Well, thank you. And you know, what's really great, Jamie, is by doing that for me, it kind of forces me to toe the line and to really stay aligned with what I say is true. So if I say something is true on a video, uh, in my world, it's all about walking the talk. It's not about just blowing smoke and, and saying, oh, you got to do this. And then I'm not willing to do it. It's like um, one thing I, I profess to people and I say it's a really good thing to do is be kind to people. So when I go to the grocery store, I'm kind to the clerk. When I, you know, if I see somebody that's struggling to get something off the shelf, I'll help them to get something off the shelf. And then I can look at their cart and I can judge them. So then I'm still working on that one. You know, it's like, but, it, you know, the grocery store is a really great way to to test what our beliefs are and see if we're really walking our own talk. That's interesting. I never thought of that because most of the time in the grocery store aisle, I'm harassing people in the meat aisle. So I really need to work on myself. 
Well, you know, that's part of your branding. So I would say, because I love what you're doing. I, I went through and I binged watched your all your Thank YouTube you. videos. And I'm like, oh, this woman is so amazing. And I just love what you're doing. But you do it in a way where you really make people think, but you also make people confront their own BS. And, um, you know, there are some people where I saw in your videos where they're looking at what's happening in factory farms and they're like, oh, that can't, can't possibly be true. And you're like, that's the standard. And some people walk away other people they start crying other people they're hugging you saying I'm a vegan from this point forward so you know keep doing what you're doing because we need more of you thank you and we need more of you too and what I love about our movement is we're so diverse we have artists we have filmmakers we have motivational speakers we have people that are living the healthy lifestyle and incorporating that into the vegan message but at our core we're vegan for the animals because we disagree with the practices and there is never ever any sort of way that you can ethically kill someone or you know any anything it's so true and i think what we need to remember because i'm a baby vegan i'm coming up on four years being a vegan and i know people that have been vegan for 50 and 60 and one man 70 years uh, mark huberman who is with national health association he was born a vegan raised a vegan has all he's never ever had meat and i think one of the these things that i've noticed is sometimes we can be very judgmental of each other and let's say a brand new vegan comes on board and they're saying the vegan diet and it's like okay we we know after a period it's not a diet it's a lifestyle but when they're brand new to it and we say oh you're so wrong for saying it's a vegan diet it's like well god bless you you know let's let's have a conversation and to help them to understand and raise awareness but when we start pointing fingers at each other and judging each other i think that's one of the worst things that we can do Absolutely. We're so much stronger together and we need to keep our focus where it really matters, which is legislation and helping the animals. And as you were saying earlier, being kind, being a better person, if we could focus individually and stop caring what everybody else is doing, I think we'd we live in a better world. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, what I love about the grocery store is when somebody looks at my cart, they're going to see why I'm so healthy at my age. I'm 68 years old. Can't believe I'm two years from 70. And I have people that actually look at my cart and they go, do you eat all that stuff? Because there's fruits and vegetables, there's beans, legumes, all the, the, standard fare and it's a great opportunity to have a conversation with them or if somebody's saying oh i can't reach that i'm just you know my aches and pains and it's like really tell me about your aches and pains i mean i have these conversations with these people and they're like blown away so i've actually written down the names of books i've talked about uh meetups they can go to and i actually think that i have had an impact at the grocery store Wow, that's awesome. So it's like you are just basically converting people through being a, a walking example. And you know, yeah. And, and it's interesting because I, I we were talking about this before we actually started this conversation. I'm coming up on 39 years sober. And early on in sobriety, I had a sponsor who taught me that it's about attraction, not promotion, which means through your lifestyle, through how you live, that you actually have people that are engaged with that. And they go, well, how do you do that? That. My 50-year high school reunion is coming up, which I can't believe that. And I'm thinking, I'm probably going to be one of the healthiest people there. And there may be people asking me, how do you stay so healthy? And I can share with them what I do. Well, it takes work and you're willing to put in the work. Absolutely. But again, I really want to emphasize that what you're doing, the in-your-face stuff is so important because, you know, I've been known to get in people's faces. I, I, I'm not always that kind but um there's a rule in my house i don't shop for meat i i just won't do it not everybody in my household is vegan you know and so i have to respect where they're coming from and that they have actually changed their it, my mother-in-law lives on our property and mm. um, she i cook for her quite often and she has changed a lot of her eating habits as a result of what i've taught her and she calls it vegan she goes i got you some of that vegan stuff and it's and i at first i used to get so frustrated <laughs> frustrated. It's vegan. It's vegan. And then I go, okay, that's fine. You know, I mean, why, why get caught up in the way she pronounces vegan? 
Well, I think you bring up a really good point, and it took me a long time to get there because I lived with my parents throughout college, and they are not vegans, and what was happening was it was creating a very visible divide in my relationships with everybody around me, and I was coming really from the ethical stance where I don't care if you put you know, grass in the refrigerator, I'd rather eat that than eat a dead animal, and so there was milk at one point, and I would be like writing on the cartons, not your mom, not your milk. And my dad would be like, I'm going to throw you out of this house if you keep doing this. And so it wasn't helping my cause. You know what I mean? However, once I took more of a lenient approach and had him introduced to numerous of friends of mine that are vegans, that are healthy bodybuilders, he definitely attached more onto that kind of messaging. And he's more further along than he's been in years. So he's, I would say, 80% plant-based. I wouldn't put the vegan label in there. Well, and, and sometimes people don't want the vegan label. When I first started, I was not vegan. You, you vegans are all crazy as far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. And it was September of 2018. I started because I was getting inflammation. And I knew that at my age, that's kind of the standard of what you can expect. At least that's what I had been told. And so I... I kind of resigned myself to that, but I did some research and I found that if I gave up milk or meat and dairy, that I probably would get rid of the inflammation. Now, what's interesting, Jamie, is I was rescuing animals at that point. Um, my, my wife and I have been with my wife for 33 years and uh, we were the first legally married couple in Oregon, but that's kind of a side note. We have three rescue horses. We have uh, two dogs. We have a cat. Over the years, we've had many, many, many animals. That's just what we do. And here we're rescuing and I, you know, I'm talking about how much I love the animals, but I'm such a carnivore. And I had no clue what a disconnect that was in my life here. You know, out of one side of my mouth, I'm saying love out of the other side of my mouth. I'm saying, I'm going to murder you and eat you because I'm paying for that to be done to you. And when I had that revelation, it was about six months into being plant-based. I was at the grocery store, walking by the meat department, going to another department. And I literally stopped in my tracks and I started crying. I was like, how could I have been so ignorant? And I think that's what it takes. It's just like when I got sober, I didn't get sober the first time I tried. I didn't get sober because somebody told me you're a drunk. And I was, I was a fall down drunk. And I got sober when I was literally brought to my knees and life wasn't working. And I just said, I can't do this anymore. And I said, please, you know, I just screamed out to whoever was out there. I said, please help me. And I think when we reach that point, we our life dramatically changes. And you have to be the one to want to change. Absolutely. No matter how much I try and force veganism down people's throats, unless they want to change, then they're not going to go vegan. And ultimately, I don't want them going vegan for me. I want them to go vegan because they know it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. It's like when somebody quits smoking, somebody quits drinking, somebody quits, uh, you know, compulsive shopping. They have to get to that point where it just quits working for them. And it's the same with being vegan. It's like we can present them with the information and the facts. And and you mentioned having bodybuilders that are uh, friends that are vegan. I have several. And I think with the information, we, we need to meet people where they're at. If they're interested in the environment, give them the environmental issues. Uh, if they're in interested in health, then Game Changers is a great movie. Um, and with a lot of men, it is about the health. It's, it's about looking good. It's about erectile dysfunction. I mean, that's, you know, there's such a correlation there. Um, with, you know, some people, it is about the animals. And it's so interesting because I was working in the pet industry pre-pandemic. I did a lot of work as a consultant and a speaker in the pet industry. And I remember the first pet conference I went to. I wasn't vegan at that point, but I just thought, this is odd. Here, it's a pet conference, and they're serving chicken, they're serving salmon, and they're serving filet mignon. It's like, huh. And it just kind of struck me as odd. And I didn't say anything because I went right along with it and ate what I ate. And years later, I looked back at that, and I was like, oh my gosh, that was a disconnect. Wow. And it's so interesting you tell that story because I was just visiting a sanctuary up in New Jersey last week and I was talking to the owner. His name is Mike. The Skylands is a sanctuary. And he was telling me how he took one of his cows to the vet and hanging up in the vet's office was a flyer and it said, let's celebrate our pets and do a fundraiser with a steak dinner. Come and join us this date. And he's like, 
oh my God, like I'm taking my cow here to get checked out. And they're talking about serving steak dinner at a pet fundraiser. Oh my gosh. Oh, did he say anything? Well, this is so funny. So I don't know if you're familiar with the Elwood dog meat campaign, but it's- I am. Okay. So for those listening that don't know what it is, it's basically a made up campaign to show the hypocrisy of the meat industry where they'll serve golden retriever flesh and they basically market it as if it's like dog meat. So it'll be like, oh, like, you know, golden doodle filet mignon, come and pick up your meat. And it really looks like a, a marketing ad for meat. And so what they did was they hung up these flyers in the vet's office. <laughs> The vets were so mad. It was like a whole scene. It was a whole thing because they thought it was real. They're like, oh my God, like, what is this golden retriever puppy meat and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, that's fake, but your flyer is not fake. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, You know, and that is justified. I love that. I, you know, and I would probably do something like that. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, how can you say that you love and save animals and then go, to pay to have them murdered on. And see, this is where I'm starting to get another level of awakening that when I first became plant-based, it was for one reason, six months into it, it's like, okay, now I'm a vegan and I got a little radical. Well, Mm -hmm. I'd say a lot radical. And then I had to kind of step back and, and see that I wasn't having the kind of impact I wanted. And I think that one of the things I learned many years ago, regardless of what you're doing, and if you have advocacy work, you have to look at what is your motive and what's the outcome that you're trying to achieve. Because I can go back to the early 80s when AIDS was first uh, a thing, when, when people were getting diagnosed with it. And there was so much fear. You think the pandemic is fearful. Oh my gosh, back then it was crazy. And the, the thing that I had to look at as I was doing fundraisers to get AIDS foundations and things of that nature, I had to look at what's the outcome that I'm trying to achieve. And there was so much discrimination and it was just crazy. There was definitely a divide. And I think now we have an even bigger divide than we've ever had. It's, it's sad. Oh, for sure. For sure. And so can you tell me a little bit about what got you into this lifestyle? So let's backtrack all the way 40 years ago, you're growing up, you're partying, what's going on? Well, you know, gosh, which part of the lifestyle, the sober lifestyle, it was because that quit working, drinking and drugging just quit working. And, you know, when people used to ask me, what's your drug of choice? It'd like, what do you have? You know, give me whatever you have. And when I was in high school, I was a senior in high school in South Tahoe, and we'd take reds, which were downers, and then to get even keeled, we take uh, speed so that, you know, we could at least go home and hold a conversation. And that's kind of how my life was for, uh, for many years until it just quit working. So for me, it was like, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. My life just quit working and never in my wildest dreams did I think that I would move into running my own business because at that time I was completely unemployable. And then I became an overachiever. And um, just one thing led to another where I did start my own business that was 28 years ago. But as far as getting into the vegan lifestyle, it was because I was not feeling well. My, I had a lot of inflammation and I was definitely a carnivore. I ate a lot of meat, uh, ate a lot of dairy, a block of cheese. I could get it today and it would be gone tonight. Um, that's, I tend to be rather compulsive in some of my behaviors. And so when I decided to quit, I tried it for seven days. I'll see if that really works and if I can get rid of the inflammation or minimize it. In two days, it was gone. Uh, at the end of a week, I had dropped like five pounds and I had given up on diets because I was a yo-yo dieter quite a bit of my life. And what was interesting is I didn't diet, but I was losing weight and I was getting healthier and healthier and healthier. And then it was six months into it when I really had that spiritual awakening of being aligned with what I was saying to be true and the path that I was traveling. So there's been different points in my life where I've hit a, a place where I get to look at what I say is true and am I really living that and I Mm. I think that'll be the way it is till the day I I transition to whatever comes next and I think for a lot of people it's they have to get to that point where they have no other choice but to change well you know it's interesting it's it's interesting you should say that because I have an aunt on um, Karen's side of the family who is 
80, she's going to be 90. And a few years ago, she had a stroke. She continued to smoke. She had a heart attack. She continued to smoke. She got lung cancer. She continued to smoke. She got breast cancer. She continued to smoke. She's nearly 90 years old. She continues wow. to smoke. With her, it nothing will change her. Nothing. She said, this is my only pleasure in life. And it's like, God bless you. If that's what you need to do, go for it. Um, people like her, I don't think will change. I have a friend who just had eye surgery today. And a few years ago, he he and I were talking about his health. He's probably about 80 pounds overweight and his health got progressively worse. And when I became plant-based, I was sharing information with him and I said, you know, it might help. And uh, he said, well, maybe I'm too much of a, a Coca-Cola addict. I really don't want to give it up. I said, okay, well, then he got diabetes, diabetes two, mm. type two. And I said, you know, if you changed your eating, it might help. And yeah. he had a threat of losing one of his feet. He was going blind and he tried it for a little while. He said, it's just too hard. And I said, is it harder to lose your sight and your foot or is it harder to change your diet? At that point, I was like, okay, let's quit the bullshit. Let's really get into what the truth of the matter is. And he had his surgery today or yesterday and I called him and said, how's it going? He goes, well, it probably would have been easier if I would have changed my eating habits. And I said, well, it's never too late. You can do it. I mean, at that point, you know, I sent him books. I've talked to him. He has watched me progress in my health. And we're not that far apart in age. And it's like, wow. I And what I learned years ago, Jamie, is that we're either a warning of what not to do or an inspiration of what to do. And wow. I would much rather be an inspiration than a warning. Absolutely. I mean, so this guy is footless and eyeless. Uh, well, he's he still has his foot, but I don't know for how long. And he had surgery on his eye, and we'll see what happens with that. But right. it, I think sometimes we do get jaded in the vegan community. We, we are so immersed into it that we think everybody's going to get it. And all we have to do is look at the rate of diabetes, the increase of obesity in children, that children now are getting the onset of adult diseases. And it all has to do with the foods and it has to do with the food manufacturers. And this is all the kind of stuff through my podcast show and being on podcasts like yours that I want to educate people. I want to at least move, remove the veils and then they can decide. But there's a lot of denial and you can go to the grocery store. You can look at somebody that obviously is in a lot of pain, the, just the way they walk and they've got all this excess weight and their skin is terrible. And you look at that and you go, you don't have to live like that. But there's so much propaganda that they think that that's the only way to live. I, I think people have this misconception that veganism is restrictive or that we don't eat foods that are delicious, which is not true at all. No, not at all. We eat very delicious foods. You know, and it's so funny, Jamie, because before I actually became vegan, I didn't like to cook. I was just like, I don't like to cook. I'll just go, I'll go get my fast food. I'll go do whatever. And once I discovered all the wonderful meals that I could cook, I love to cook. Wow. And my main ingredient, as I always tell people, is love. Because Aww. they'll say, boy, this tastes so good. And I said, do you know what my magic ingredient is? And my mother-in-law always goes, it's love. I said, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's made with love. That's all we care about. Absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure it tastes delicious. Well, we want to get into your recipes and your morning and nighttime routines, but that's going to come a little later because I want to get into vegan visibility. And I want you to tell me about how you started that business and what you're doing with that business. Okay. Well, the business started 28 years ago and it's gone through a few recreations. Um, I started it. I left a corporate job because I just felt too restricted. I couldn't be creative. And uh, it just corporate America just wasn't really my cup of tea. I had been there for a few years and did quite well. I was the employee of the year and the employee of the month and on and on and on, kept getting promoted and raises and all this. But I just felt restricted. So I thought, OK, I'm going to start my own business. Huge mistake for most people because I had no clue what I was doing. I just thought, well, I'll put up my shingle and people will run through the door. Didn't quite work like that. But I was fortunate enough to get a contract with a seminar company. And for four years, I was on the road speaking for this company. So I got a lot of experience as a speaker by working for this company. But that business was primarily about how to market. I would work with companies. I worked with everything from state agencies, municipalities, corporations, 
and small businesses and then evolved to where I was working with solo entrepreneurs on how to gain visibility. But at the time it was called Street Smarts Marketing. Then I changed it to Power Up for Profits because I would teach people how to build a multiple six-figure business, primarily solopreneurs. Wow. And then the pandemic hit. And like many people, the pandemic really hit my company hard because as a keynote speaker, all of that was wiped off the face of the earth. I mean, it was like I had to one more time reinvent myself. And I really played with the idea of, do I retire? Do I go to work for a company? Do I grow my business? And for about a year, I just kind of floundered around like, what do I want to do? And then about a year ago, it was a little over a year ago, I decided I was going to rebrand as Vegan Visibility. I was out on a run one day and get some of my best thoughts when I'm on a run. And I thought, what does the vegan industry really need? What do these small business owners really need that is lacking? They need visibility. Well, they need vegan visibility. And it was like, boom, 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 checked and the URL was available. And I thought, okay, it's a sign from God. It's obvious that I should start this. Well, I, I changed my company name and uh, rebranded everything and decided, okay, what do I need to do to get visibility within the vegan industry? do what I would tell my clients to do, do a summit, write a book, do, you know, something that's kind of a big fanfare. So I put together a summit, went to the biggest marketers I knew within the industry. Katrina Fox was the first one. She's out of Australia. Went to Elizabeth Alfano. I went to Stephanie Red Cross West. I went to John Ober. I went to all these people who have a lot of visibility. I said, would you be a part of this summit? And they all agreed to it. I mean, I had only one person who said no, and it was due to their uh, time constraints. But I got 10 really amazing rock stars. And that immediately put my name on the map. So that's something I work with my clients on. It's like, if you're an unknown, put yourself right in the heart of it, take a risk, do it really well. And that's the main thing, you have to deliver. You can't just say that this is gonna be good, you really have to deliver. And so that's kind of how it all evolved. Gotcha. And so, I mean, tell me a little bit about tips for people in getting visibility. Well, one is you should be doing something every single day and getting on podcast shows is probably one of the best things you can do. However, now there's a big however here. Um, I'm sure that when people approach you, Jamie, you have a certain criteria that you look for. There's certain guidelines with me. Anybody who's on my show absolutely must be 100% void of animal and dairy. No exceptions. I, I, you know, Oprah could call me and people have said, no, you, you'd change your mind. It's like, no, seriously, if Oprah's not 100% void of animal and dairy, I don't want her on my show. I mean, I'll go hang out with her, be happy to do that. But I, I'm very serious about that. And I have two shows. One is vegan yeah. visibility. One is plant-based eating for health. And I've had people who have gotten upset with that. They said, do you know who I am? And I said, well, I know that you're not vegan. That's all I need to know. And so, you know, that's kind of the- I love it, I love it so much. I well, I had so one much. person who sold 600,000 books and they said, well, I'm 95% of the way there. I said, when you're 100%, then you call me after call me. a year of being 100%. Right. So that really is one way is get on other people's podcast shows. Um, start your own podcast if you know what you're doing. That's a big key right there. Another thing is write articles. Look for opportunities to write for other mm -hmm. people's blogs. Host a summit. I'm working with a client right now that we're actually launching her book with a summit as it, we're collaborating the two together which is kind of exciting because um, we're, we're taking it to a level that most people wouldn't have the stamina for and that's one thing I like is I really like to play big and I really like to see how far I can take a client and I, I tell them before they sign a contract you better be ready to play big and you better be ready to have sweaty palms because if your palms aren't sweaty you're not playing big enough period. Oh, that's awesome. Well, one day I am going to be working with you. Let's talk. But quite Thanks. seriously, yeah, what you're doing, see, you've already branded yourself really nicely because I seriously did binge watch you. And I was like, oh my God, I love this woman. I can't believe I'm going to be on her show. This is so exciting. And that's another thing. Get excited about what you do. You know, have passion in what you're doing because there's enough dullness in the world and there's enough boringness in the world be who you are. And I think that's where a lot of people, um, especially in my age group, we were taught that you have to be one way professionally and another way privately. And personally, I think, you know what, just be who you are so that you never have to look over your shoulder. That's one thing my mom taught me. She passed away about uh, 10 years ago. And she mm -hmm. said, 
always tell the truth and always be who you are because then you never have to second guess yourself. You never have to look over your shoulder and you never have to wonder what you said. Wow. And that's that's a beautiful quote. And that's something that's so important and that I'm trying to learn as I go into further into my adulthood. You know, I'm 24 and I feel like I am trying to figure out really what I want to be and what I want to do. Still, I, I work for a documentary film company and I absolutely love it. And I just want to keep at it because we focus on animal rights so heavily. But there's still things I'm trying to discover about myself, obviously. But with the Jamie's Corner, I finally was like, I'm able to put my personality into something because I was doing all this activism where I was obviously so passionate about the message, but I wasn't myself. Like I became this like militant, like mean, like just not happy person. And that's just not who I am. Well, you do Jamie's Corner great. And I encourage everybody go to YouTube, check out Jamie's Corner. I'm serious. I think it's one of the best shows that I've seen. And what I also know to be true is life has a way of guiding us to different directions. And if we don't go willingly, life is going to give us some very important lessons. Uh, 15 months ago, it was time for me to make a change in my business. And I kept resisting and kept resisting. And I ended up, we went to a Juneteenth event and it was the first outdoor event event we went to in quite a while uh, because of the pandemic went there and just as we were leaving a gust of wind came up one of the canopies for a vendor space was not pinned down properly it lifted up in the air slapped me on the back of the head I mean literally knocked me face down on the cement I broke my wrist I you know just reached out my wrist instantly broke and I ended up yeah it was it was crazy I went to the, the hospital in an ambulance. And of course I'm doing a video on the way. Hi, I just broke my wrist. Isn't that fun? You know, and like, oh my God. And you know, and but it was so interesting because I talked about being really true to who you are. In that moment that I was in the ambulance, I said, okay, let's get this clear. I'm in recovery. I'm a drug addict. Do not give me any narcotics. And there was a part of me that wanted to say, oh, I should take the drugs because I just broke my wrist. And I said, I need you to know that no narcotics. And they were so wonderful about that. They were like, okay, that's cool. But anyway, um, that experience, it literally, we had just started the summit process and I had to tell all the speakers, can't do it right now. I just broke my wrist and I need to kind of heal myself because I have to go through surgery. And It was interesting because I had the opportunity to really dig deep and go, what is this about? What am I, what am I resisting that I need to look at? What's breaking in my life? What needs to be broken in my life? And it was through that process, I actually was able to move into what I'm doing now. And there were people that were telling me, mistake, you don't want to go that niched in the vegan market. These were non-vegans. And then I had other people, non-vegans who said, you're making a great choice. That's a great idea. You'll, you'll succeed. And so life will sometimes give us what we need in order to move us in the direction we need to go. So sometimes we try to figure it out too much. And the best thing to do is just let the information come in and then make decisions. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so, that's a really good piece of advice. And I need to try and do that because I feel like oftentimes in my life and some, an event will happen and I'll catastrophize it. And then I, I get all anxious and stressed. And you talk a lot about how the foods that we eat actually contribute to the anxiety that people feel. So let's get into the health aspect. Let's get into that a little bit. You know, thank you for bringing that up. And I really want to talk about the energy of food. And I'm not talking what energy it gives us physically, but spiritually. When you think of the pain and suffering the animals go through, and this I mean from the bottom of my heart, I I feel like I could cry right now just thinking about it, that here these animals are going through all this pain and suffering, the disease, the, you know, and they're in cramped quarters. And then they're literally murdered for our taste buds. They get put on a plate. We make this big to-do about killing a turkey at, at Thanksgiving and Christmas and whatever holidays. And you put that in your body, you're taking that energy on. And it, it's so interesting because most people don't look at it on that level. But if you look at all the violence in the world today, if you look at all the chaos, all the mental illness, I have a friend out of New York who's a psychologist, Marla Friedman, an amazing, amazing woman. And she said there's a direct link between mental illness and the foods that people eat. And if you eat a lot of sugar, that's going to screw with your your emotions. If you eat a lot of meat, a lot of dairy, all of that energetically is messing with your psyche. And I believe that to the bottom of my heart. 
So that's kind of that piece. But as far as health, oh my gosh. I mean, you know, I'm going to be 70 in two years. There's, it's like, there's no stopping me. I just want to be, I want to be one of those 90 year old women that people are going, did you see what Kathleen did today? And it's like, yes. You know, so, cause now I feel like a baby compared to like Linda Middlesworth who runs V-Dog, uh, amazing woman. She's 78 years old. And that woman's such a rock star. And I was at a conference with her. I had to run to keep up with this woman. She was crazy, crazy energetic. And she's been vegan for, gosh, I think 25 or 30 years now. She's not dead she, from a not having enough protein. Well, she doesn't get her protein, so maybe she's going to die pretty soon. Oh my yeah. gosh, you know. But seriously, <laughs> no, she's like so healthy. And you look at her picture, and like a recent picture, she just did one with Chef AJ, their best friends. And you look at her and you think, this woman's got to be in her late 50s, maybe early 60s, but not 78. Oh, that's amazing. I'm looking forward. I mean, listen, I'm starting, I started at 19 and going on five years. And I just feel feel better than ever. I mean, nothing will ever not make me vegan. Like I will be vegan till the day I die. And the fact that it is so healthy, it makes your skin glow, makes you feel good. doesn't hurt. (laughs) Well, you know, what's really nice. It's good on so many levels, but what I love is that, you know, your big why. And I think that's where sometimes people get kind of confused saying this is a vegan diet. And if they view it as a diet, it's going to be like every other diet they ever did. If they get into the big why of it's, it's really for the animals first and foremost. And then we strip the layers away and we say, and look what it can do for the environment. If we were to get rid of animal agriculture and factory farming and look at what we can do for our health because honestly when I broke my wrist and I was going through physical therapy and I had to go to get the surgery and I looked at 99% of the people there it, it was it was shocking I was like thank god I'm not having my hip replaced because I am living an unhealthy life or my knee replaced or whatever thank god that I actually broke my wrist in a real like interesting way it, it, I had to be literally knocked over the side of my head but it's it's <laughs> Yeah, when you start looking at other, yeah, it's like it's insane. Hit me with a two I mean, by four. Who are we suing? I, <laughs> I mean, this is insane. We got that. We got that all taken care of. Trust okay, me. It was, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like when you have something like that. If the producer doesn't respond to you, and you give them a chance, get a good attorney. And I, you know, I actually did. I never knew what to do, and it was like the the producer ghosted me i mean first they said we'll take care of everything and they ghosted me and i said all i want is my out-of-pocket taken care of and i'll be happy and they would not respond would not respond and i thought you know i think you made a mistake and so i contacted an attorney and the attorney said you definitely have a case yes absolutely good for you yeah so and I'm not the kind of person that I even said that while I was being taken into the ambulance. I'm not the kind of person who sues. So yeah. just take care of it. And it's like, but don't ghost me. And they did. They, they were playing yeah, with the wrong they, person. They did. They did. They did. So tell me a little bit about the struggles, if any, that you've experienced when going vegan. Maybe it's your relationships or food wise? You know, I've had some incredible support. I I have to say, I'm a real believer that what we believe to be true, we tend to manifest. I, I'm one of those crazy people that believes in law of attraction. I'm woo-woo. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I actually meditated on top of pyramids. I had a teacher, a spiritual teacher when I was 25, who really helped me get on a good path around chakras and all that. So it's been over 40 years that I've been on this spiritual path. And um, I went into this believing that I would be supported in this. And I would say 99% of the time I get supported. But here's a good example, how sometimes people get really pissy if somebody doesn't respond to them the way they want. We went out for Mexican food yesterday. And so we get to the restaurant and it's this little town. I live in a little town in Oregon and it was a little town about seven miles away. And we get there and uh, the guy hasn't seen us for a while, the waiter. And he said, and what would you like? And I said, well, I don't eat meat and I don't eat cheese. And he goes, 
you came to a Mexican restaurant and you don't eat meat and cheese? And he was he was ribbing me and just joking with me. And I said, no. And I said, what can you do for me? And so he was explaining what they could do. And I said, great. Now, some people would get really upset with that and say, oh, he was making fun of me for not eating meat and cheese. And I just said, no, here's mm-hmm. what can you do for me? And I've actually had restaurants that have created meals for me because I say, look, I don't eat meat. And here's what you can do. If the vegan itself doesn't work, just say I have a heart condition. They don't need to know that the heart condition mm-hmm. is my heart breaks when you eat meat. But you know, it's yeah. like you can just say I, I do have a heart condition. And it's true. It, my heart breaks when I think of people eating meat. But I think mm-hmm. for me, I, I I really can't say that it's been difficult. Um, and if it has, I probably have just pushed it away. Um, I think the day that I decided for Karen, I wouldn't get ice cream. And she goes, aren't you taking this vegan thing a little too far? And I said, nope. I said, I'm not. And she goes, okay. So it was kind of like that was our discussion and she respected it. Has she made changes in her diet? She has made probably 90% changes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, it's like when she's ready, she'll do it. Right. That's important. Absolutely. I mean, I think that you are a super positive influence and you have a super positive outlook on it. And so she might have a different attitude, but that's all. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my partner as well. Honestly, he's very uh, I, I, I think he he has definitely like made incredible changes. Like when I first started dating him, it was difficult because he was, you know, obviously just eating meat and cheese and I was vegan already. But eventually over a a year I kind of gave him a year I was like all right like now you know the information so like are you gonna go vegan and he did so So. I'm curious okay because this is something that I've not had to think about because I was already in a relationship but you were vegan and you met somebody that you were attracted to you started dating um was that difficult dating a non-vegan Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was actually something that I hadn't had to experience yet because my ex before him was already vegan when we started dating. And there's a level of like, I don't even know how attracted I can be to somebody if they're just guzzling down animal products in front of me. I think it's disgusting. And quite frankly, like they smell worse. Like it's just not a good look. So in the beginning of the relationship, I set those boundaries and I said, I will not be present when there are animal products around. So oftentimes I would pick the restaurants or he would just not eat those products in front of me. And over time, he slowly but surely started cutting them out. But I didn't like yell at him or force it down his throat. But he saw I make films and obviously he saw my Jamie's Corner stuff. He came to vigils to slaughterhouses with me. It's like once you see that, I mean, if you don't change from that, I don't know if you'll ever change. Exactly. Well, you know, the the thing that you said about not having him eat meat in front of you in in our home, we don't have meat. And Mm. it's like we haven't had a turkey for Thanksgiving since I went vegan uh, or Christmas. And I usually cook the meal. And that's one thing I have to say about the people that come into my home. Um, They do respect that and they're willing. I even had uh, my three grand nephews, uh, two grand nephews and a grand niece. And from ages five on up to 12. And my niece said, it's gonna be a real test. And they loved the food. I made fresh sorbet out of fresh fruit. I made, you know, I think I could cooked a spaghetti, a vegan spaghetti meal. And they're like, can we have seconds? It's like, yes. Yes. And that's one way to get them is really just through food and showing them that there's absolutely no sacrifice. And I've done, my boyfriend cooks pretty much everything for us. Like I barely cook anything. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah, I know. He, he absolutely is. Like, I, I, I adore him. And he really has come a long way. And now he makes the most delicious vegan meals for us both. He cooks. He sometimes, like, well, I'll come home. He'll have, like, like vegan uh, curries and all different types of cuisines. It's amazing. Ooh, yeah. that's nice. Now, yeah. let me ask you this. What has been your most difficult part about being vegan? The people. I And that's why I always ask every guest that I have on is, for me, the most difficult part was trying to wrap my head around how the people that I love the most haven't gone vegan yet, how they don't care. I just don't understand. Because I, for me, it was like once I knew the information, I changed. You know, I, I think for a lot of them, 
they they don't believe it because they've been so brainwashed. I mean, if you, yeah. I actually did an article on the number of advertisements on TV that have to do with food products that are from fast food, and then right after that from the uh, far, big pharma. And when you look at it, big pharma's in bed with the food manufacturers, in bed with healthcare, and. It's profitable, they say, to keep us sick, but the reality is it's really profitable for us to be healthy because we work, we buy workout clothing, we buy gym equipment, we buy uh, extreme yeah. vacations. And so I think part of it is having a shift in perception, but also realizing that it's so ingrained in our culture. And if you look at the history of it, a lot of this started happening around the 50s when women went into the workforce and they started with TV dinners and mm -hmm. that led into convenience. And then that, I remember the first McDonald's, I mean, this tells you how old I am, uh, in San Jose, California, it was like, it was a big treat for us to go to McDonald's. We would do it like once a month and that was a big outing because my dad was, he, he worked for a savings loan, but he, he did well for what he was given in life. And, and um, we just grew up on meat and potatoes. That was it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of conditioning that it's hard to change that much brainwashing. Mm -hmm. And people don't want to admit that they've been brainwashed. Oh, for sure. They don't even know it because that you're seeing every single advertisement on TV is double cheeseburgers, cheese in your pizza crust, you know, double bacon, egg and cheese, whatever it is. It's ridiculous. So they, they see these advertisements. They also go into the grocery store and see happy cow. They see, you know, free range eggs, which they don't actually know what that means. But free range just basically means that there's a freaking door on the shed yeah, there's a window. We don't. It's not regulated. Nobody really knows. And I visited these places because I wanted to see what it was like. And even cage free, it's it's horrible. They're just shoved thousands and thousands of birds shoved in a shed in the dark and, and ammonia ridden. It's it's awful. And yeah, and and you have to think of the people that work there too. How how emotional that has to be for them so they shut down. So there's a lot of things in life that have forced us to shut down our emotions and really just live life by rote. And a lot of people don't even know who they are. They don't know what their real emotions are. If they were given the opportunity to just live freely, they, they probably wouldn't even know what to do. Right. Oh, absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you keep yourself in such great shape, how you stay positive. I want to go through your routines, start with the morning and with the night, like give us all the deets. Okay. Well, I, I'm an early to bed kind of person and, uh, which allows me to get up early in the morning. I get up anywhere from four to 5 AM this morning. I think I was up at four 30 and I usually start my day with yoga. I'll just pop on a YouTube video and Jen Hillman is one of my favorites and Adrian is another one of my favorites. So for about a half hour, I do some yoga and then I just recently started a program. It's called automatic writing. And uh, Michael Sandler is the one who's kind of the facilitator of this. And basically you just go into a subconscious state and you just write and write and write. You don't even think about what you're writing. And that just allows me to get my thoughts out. Then I enjoy reading something positive, an inspirational book, a spiritual book. Um, and then what I do is I like to go on a morning run. I live in a beautiful area in Oregon, so I can run in my own neighborhood near the river. Uh, when I want to take my dog with me, I go to another a really nice park and we go for a few miles. And, you know, it's not that I always feel like doing it. There's some mornings I just don't feel like getting out and running, but I also know that I have a choice. In every minute that I'm alive, I have a choice. And the choice that I make today will impact what I do tomorrow, the next day and the next. And I really think that the having gone through what I went through when I was drinking and drugging and, you know, that literally I would come to. I mean, it wasn't like I'd wake up. I would come to and I'd start drinking again. And I ended up on the streets at one point. And when you go through that kind of experience in life and you have, like I have a beautiful, it's not like a big mansion or anything. I have a beautiful home. It's a little farmhouse and I call it my beautiful home. Mm. We have five acres. We have horses. We have some chickens that are rescue chickens. We have our wow. dogs and the cat. And it's, it's kind of like it just, you know, I look at sometimes and I just look around and go, I'm so blessed. And so a lot of it is the practices that I've been taught over the years because 
it's really easy to get sucked into a negative attitude and it's just as easy and simple to go into a positive. And so it's the moment by moment choices I make. And so I'm very conscious of the behaviors that I have. Um, it, it's just like being in a relationship. You make choices around a relationship, whatever the rules are for your relationship, it's between you and your, your partner. And based on those rules, do you honor those rules? Uh, it's like going somewhere and you, you see somebody drop a hundred dollar bill. In that moment, you have a choice. Do I take the hundred dollar bill and say, ha ha, obviously it was meant for me. Or do I say, excuse me, you just dropped a hundred dollars. And in doing that, you're going to be blessed even more. So that's my belief. It doesn't mean other people have to believe it, but it works for me. I absolutely believe that. I mean, karma. And as you were saying, law of attraction, whatever energy you put out, you get back. Absolutely. I truly believe that. I think also by writing out your thoughts, manifesting, putting that energy out into the universe, like whatever source God you believe in, hears that and does return it to you. And by, I think, going vegan, that's the bare minimum that you could do, you know, just not consume murdered, tortured animal flesh. And, you know, from there, I love you- the way you get that in there because it's so true. It's so true. I mean, you're constantly doing your advocacy work and I just honor oh, yeah. you for that. It's like, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because I bet young women your age look at you and they go, how does she, how is her skin so, so beautiful? And how is she such a, a beautiful spirit? And they're like, what do you do? And then you tell them they're, they have a choice. They're either going to do it or they're not going to do it. I just tell them I don't eat dead, tortured animals. And you know what? I'll, and it's so funny. You do say that I, I do advocate literally wherever I go. I mean, I'll be in an Uber. I'll be like, sir, what's your name? And what did you eat for dinner? <laughs> and let's let's get into it you know what I mean and so I do I mean we do I'll have like I'll stay in the car longer just to discuss with this person okay this is what happens in the food industry darling absolutely and see for me what I do is like when I go to the grocery store and the the clerk might say oh the pineapples now are so fresh and so tasteful mm. and I said yeah I said I I love just getting all the fruits and vegetables I said I'm just one of those crazy vegans I'll kind of do it as a throwaway and if they giggle then I'll say you know I actually am I said and I I have to tell you I love it and then that engages a conversation and, oh, and it's amazing how many of the clerks will say, I just am so tired all the time. I just don't feel good. And I said, try it for seven days. I said, try, you know, just give up all meat and dairy for seven days, all sugar. You know, I said, here's a great book. And I write down Eat to Live by Dr. Joel Furman, you know. So it's giving mm-hmm. people tools because it's kind of like yeah. when I first got sober. And I remember asking my, my sponsor, I said, how does somebody get stay sober for 10 years? And I mean, that sounds like, kind of a just a a dumb question that you know you just don't drink for 10 years and she looked at me and she goes here do you want to really know the secret and I said yeah I do she said you don't drink one day at a time for 10 years you'll have 10 years and I'm like oh one day at a time I mean I I just didn't get it and then after 10 years I was like oh I now that's how you do it and then 20 years and then 30 years you know so it's the same with being vegan Exactly. And when you keep the animals in mind, it's the easiest thing you'll do. I don't even see it as food. Animals are not food. Absolutely. You are so correct. You are so correct. I actually got this thought through my automatic writing. I need to start doing t-shirts and mm-hmm. and going to people that I know and just saying like, okay, give me a slogan and animals are not food. Okay. There's one. And then just put it on a shirt, sell the shirt and bada boom, bada boom. I try to, I need to do more writing like that because ideas really do come to you and they really do flow from just from your subconscious when you just get it out on paper. And it makes me just like feel better, more relieved. Like my, my therapist tells me all the time she's like do some writing do some journaling meditate it really helps i'm like okay okay i will check out michael sandler quite seriously okay. and I'll, I'll make sure you get the information i mean his automatic writing course is really good it's really really good is it like a morning pages kind of thing well you're talking the artist way julia cameron have uh-huh. you ever done that one okay it's it's sort of like that. It's sort of like that. And he has a 31 day process. And basically you have like seven or eight prompts of like uh, family wealth, uh, financial wealth, spiritual wealth, health wealth. And you go through each day and you write about those things. And what's most interesting is you don't even think about what you're writing later in the day, you read what you wrote, you will be amazed. Like I I've had things come up and I'm like, I wrote that. Wow. And it like, 
I'm supposed to meet a woman named Claire. I have no idea who Claire is. I have no, but Claire is going to have an impact on my life. So Claire, if you're out there, contact me. I want to talk to you. But seriously, it came up in my writing. You will really? meet Claire and Claire is going to have a big impact on your life. It's you wrote this big, down? I wrote that down. And later that day I was reading it. It's like, I do not remember writing that down. And that's the idea of automatic writing. It's kind of letting the, the spirit guide you and you know whether it's god or universe whatever you believe in the angels wow that's super cool so th th it'll kind of walk me through a course on how to do it because sometimes i feel like even with meditating i sit down and i'm like am i doing this right like what the hell am i doing you, it'll walk you through it and and with meditation i think that's the biggest challenge for people just like going vegan it's like well, am i doing it right and with meditation it can be something as simple as breathing for five minutes and you just and don't worry if thoughts come up but he goes through all that and, and it it's a remarkable course but you know the the whole thing with spiritual i really think that one of the most spiritual things I've ever done in my life. And I, I truly have meditated on pyramids in Egypt and in Mexico. So cool. And I would say the most spiritual thing I did besides giving up drinking uh, was that I went vegan because now I feel just a whole different connection to the earth, to the animals, to what my life purpose is. And if somebody is out there listening right now and you are wondering what is my life purpose, and you're not vegan, I would invite you for 30 days, just make an honest effort of giving up meat and dairy, really give it all up. And for that 30 days, bless the food as you eat it. That's another practice I learned. As you're eating food, you bless the food and you bless it for what it will do for your body, your spirit, your mind, and your ability to do what you're here to do. Let thy food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. Absolutely. Yeah. So true. And so what just while we begin to wrap things up, I am very curious about what is an ideal breakfast meal for you and lunch and dinner? Well, you know, um, I love this is really bizarre. I wrote something the other day on Facebook that I was eating a huge salad for breakfast. It's, it was about 10 o'clock in the morning. And I just put all these beans and legumes and uh, onions and I put bell peppers in it. And I make my own vegan Caesar salad dressing mix. And I mixed it all up. And I love to cook tofu and I make it into little blocks and bake it and throw some tofu in there. And that was my breakfast. And I was like, this is so good. And oftentimes I won't eat till about 11 or 12 because I'm just not hungry. Um, but for lunch today, I had a huge old salad and um, then I had some tofu. I just had a little thing of to I baked it up and mm. I would eat it throughout the day, you know. So it's usually around um, the fruits and the vegetables. Like tonight, my dessert is going to be my sorbet. I got a sorbet maker, uh, a ninja sorbet maker. It's called Ooh. a ninja creamy. And it's amazing because I put in fresh uh, strawberries, fresh uh, pineapple. I put a little monk fruit in there. I put a little almond milk. I whip it up in a blender, put it in the little cups. I let it freeze for 24 hours, blend it up, and I've got my dessert. And it is the best. It is the wow. best. Yes. I need to try that because I think I could definitely be more healthy. Like I, I would say I'm definitely an Oreo potato chips kind of girl, <laughs> unfortunately. But I do try to, you know, have more salads and greens. But. Well, I like the uh, the whole premise of the National Health Association. They've been around since 1948, and they've got the likes of T. Colin Campbell, Dr. Furman, all the big, big, old, old white men that have started this movement. And they are plant exclusive is how they define it plant exclusive. So that pretty much gives you leeway that if you're plant exclusive, it's anything healthy. And that's no meat, no dairy. Yeah. And when you're cooking for yourself at home, you really know what's going into things. Like sometimes I go out to restaurants. I'm like, this is so oily. I can't even eat it. Or this is so salty. You really start to taste that now. Because at this point going vegan, I've now learned to just love the taste of fruits, love the taste of vegetables, right? Your taste buds change. Brought up a big thing. Yeah, you just said it. That's it. Your taste buds change because there's people that say, well, I don't like uh, vegetables. It's like, well, give yourself a chance to heal, first of all. But I think the, the big thing that we've talked about is that whole blessing of the food and to know what's going into your food. And we, we had a, a veggie garden this year and we had tomatoes that were oh 
my gosh, nothing like what you get at the store. The store can't hold a candle to it. And I could, I want to do a video comparing the two and showing the color of a store-bought one and then the color out of our garden. It literally just oozes of this beautiful red juice mm. that, oh, sweet as can be. Wow. Yeah. I really need to try growing my own vegetables. I've heard that it's like unreal. That Even if you go outside of the U.S., it's way better. It, you know, it is. There's a lot in the U.S. right now that I would say we're not the leaders of the pack anymore. We, we like to think we are, but we really aren't. And, and that's why it's so important for people to take control of their own health, because if you rely on our healthcare system, you're going to be in a world of hurt. I mean, it's like, here's a prescription drug, here's a prescription drug. And when I went through this whole thing with my wrist, they, every doctor and, and nurse that I met, they had to take this little survey. What medications are you on? I said, I'm not. You're, no, you must be on something. I said, no, I'm actually not. I said, I'm on fruits and vegetables. And so that would lead into it. And I said, here's what I want you to put on my chart. She is one amazing woman and she's vegan. And I, I would sit there and wait until they wrote it down. I said, I'm serious, write it down. And so that. that's in my chart. I'm an amazing woman, so. Oh, you are, you absolutely are. So where can everybody find you? And if there was any last minute thoughts that you wanted to leave us with, please share. Okay. Well, first of all, Jamie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I just adore you and I love you what you're too. doing. And I'm so glad we're, we're spending this time together and people can go to veganvisibility.com, veganvisibility.com. You'll find all my socials there. You'll find my two podcast shows, my blog. But um, what I want to leave people with is to realize that it doesn't matter how long you're here. It matters the quality of your life. And no matter how much pain you're in right now, whether it's emotional, physical, spiritual, you can turn that around and you can turn it around by the moment by moment decisions you make. And it's really about loving yourself first before you can love the animals, before you can love other people. If you love yourself enough not to put any animal products in your body, your life will change in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. Jamie, thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show. You're the best. I love you. I mean, I, I can't not say it. you're just incredible. So guys, you know where to find Kathy. I'm also at JLo Kurtz. This is It's Jamie's Corner. And thank you so much for listening. Bye.